0: Hey, I'm Peter Summit. I'm Sean McKee. We're from Crashing Wayward and you are listening to Thunder Underground.
1: Welcome to episode 372 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here as always. And this week's a fun one because we've got two of the members of Crashing Wayward here. They're going to join me here in a bit to talk about what that band has going on and a lot of other great stuff. Peter Summit, vocalist, and Sean McKee, drummer of Crashing Wayward. So looking forward to getting into that here in just a few minutes for you. But first, need to let you know who we're sponsored by. And that would be DEB Concerts, a promoter based right here in the Tulsa area that has brought tons of great acts to downtown Tulsa. Whether it be at the club level with bands like Last in Line, Buck Cherry, Saxon, Winger, Bisto Blanco. Or at the arena level with bands like Megadeth, Poison. Lame of God, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube. The list is long and it continues to grow. They also book the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year. And the Rocklahoma lineup was just announced a week or so ago. And the Roadhouse stage will feature headline sets from Warrant, who will be doing the pre party show on Thursday night at Rocklahoma. And in the other three nights, the Roadhouse stage will be headlined by Skid Row, Kicks, and Buck Cherry, LA Guns will also be a part of that stage, and of course, Rocklahoma will also feature the Pantera reunion, Godsmack, Limp Biscuit, Rob Zombie, and a long uh, Stephen Adler, and a long ass list of other bands. Check it out if you're in the area. You're gonna hit up Rocklahoma.com, hit up DebConcerts.com for ticket info on all their stuff, and to be kept up to date, socials. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our DEB Concerts. And of course, we bring you all that info here as well. We've also got a Dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma at 24683 is 51. They're right off the highway. They've got a drive through, So if you call ahead, email, text, whatever you decide to do, you can place your order, go right to that drive through, and be on your way. You can also check out their large selection at Leafly.com. If you go inside, they've got a great knowledgeable staff that can help you out. They are always giving great discounts, so if you follow them on their socials, you won't be left out on any of that. Medfarm on Facebook, P-H-A-R-M. Instagram is MedfarmOK. The website is MedfarmOK.com. One of the specials that's always running, if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order, which is very cool. And on top of all that, they're cannabis with a cause. 30% of their proceeds go to help build no-kill animal shelters. An amazing cause right there. Nearly a third of their proceeds at all times are going to do this, so hit up MedFarm and tell them you heard about them on Thunder Underground. Finally, we've got Sunset Tattoo, a tattoo shop located in Midtown, Tulsa. Their tattoos are done good and proper, they're state licensed, and they are mother approved. 25 plus years of experience from Jason Thompson and his crew. Great work. You can check out a huge selection of their work on their socials. Facebook and Instagram are both Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Tons of photos on there. You can see the wide range of styles that they excel in. I've had work done by Jason Thompson. I know several other people that have as well. So give him a call to set up a time to talk about what work you're looking to have done. They also accept walk-ins. So swing by Sunset Tattoo and let them know you heard about him right here on Thunder Underground. First things first, happy St. Paddy's Day? St. Patrick's Day? I don't really have much more to say than that, I guess, on that front. Well, a couple times in the past, I know on St. Patrick's Day, at least the week, we tried to, Jason and I tried to theme the podcast. So it fell into the St. Paddy's theme, and I know one year we had, this is probably the second year we are doing the podcast, we had Lenny Lashley from the Boston punk band Street Dogs. At the time, he is not with the Street Dogs anymore, and actually they're on hiatus anyway, I believe, but Lenny Lashley has Gang of One, but that's, you know, one of the few punk artists that have been on this podcast, unfortunately, needs some more, but I know Chad Malone, a punk legend from the Tulsa area, who was part of Brother Inferior and a lot of other great stuff throughout the years. One of the couple, He's been on here a couple times, and one of the times I believe was around St. Patrick's Day. He always plays with his band Larkin. A few St. Patty's shows in downtown Tulsa, I believe at Arnie's, so look that up. If you're in the Tulsa area this weekend, Larkin should be playing not just tonight, but I'm sure tomorrow night as well. But yeah, we've also got, it being Friday, it's a release day. Brand new albums from Night Demon. Good friends of the podcast. They've been on here at least three times. And then Blind Oath also has their brand new album out today as well. Night Demon and Blind Oath both will be in Tulsa on April 1st. This is something I mentioned a couple times here in the past on the podcast since it's been announced, but I need to mention it again because it's coming up quickly here in just about two weeks. Two minutes to Tulsa at the Canes Ballroom, April 1st. I mean, this is a an underground heavy metal lover's dream come true, this show. I expect there to be people driving in from nearby states all over the place for this one. This show features Night Demon, Haunt. Satan, Exciter, Blind Oath, and I thought I could do that off the top of my head, but I was wrong. I forgot a couple. Let me pull back up uh, the flyer here. Who have I not said? Night Cobra, Vicious Rumors, Sadistic Force, Hammerhead. Looks like I hit the rest, but yes, this is April 1st. At the Kane's Ballroom in downtown Tulsa, one of the greatest venues in the world. You can get your tickets at kane'sballroom.com. This show features, what, one? It only features two bands that have been on this podcast, and Trevor Church, the vocalist of Haunt, has been on here a couple times, and like I said, the members of Night Demon have all been on here three times. Blind Oath somehow has not been on here. That's something that I've talked about before in the past that needs to be rectified but their brand new album came out, like I said, today via Horton Records, another great institution of the Tulsa area who does a lot of great stuff because they've promoted some great shows throughout the years as well. But let me pull this up. Yeah, Blind Oath, they, they released a, a video for the single Fascinatrix like uh, a few weeks ago, and I believe it debuted on Decibel. So check out that video if you have not. They also released a single Spectral Attack, but it doesn't matter what singles they release now, right? Because the full album is out today. Features 11 tracks. And I guarantee you this one will knock your ass in the grass. So check out this album from Blind Oath. Let us know what you think. If you're anywhere within driving t- distance of Tulsa, don't forget that April 1st. The Blind Oath will be... At the Canes Ballroom, along with Hammerhead, Night Cobra, Sadistic Force, Vicious Rumors, Satan, Exciter, Haunt, and the Mighty Night Demon. So, two minutes to Tulsa coming up. Alright, so, let's just jump into some Crashing Wayward talk. Crashing Wayward hasn't been around that long, but they actually feature a couple members of the band Electric Radio Kings, the vocalist Peter Summit is the vocalist for Crashing Wayward, and he is about to join me here along with the drummer Sean McKee. They both have long histories in the music business. Both great at what they do. This entire band is. One of the singles that they've released just came out here at the very end of last year. It was sometime in December of 2022 called Breathe. You've got to check this song out. I mean, this is... It came out at the end of 2022, and it's one of the best songs of 2022. I should push it into 2023 since it came out at the end so I can claim that at the end of this year because it wasn't on my radar when it should have been at the end of 2022. But anyway, this song Breathe, it's just... This band is like... They're labeled, you know, like an alternative alternative radio rock. I don't remember how, you know, the description of them is. alternative Alternative rock, basically, but... When you think of alternative rock, that can mean a million different things, but more in that veins of like, you know, later Santo Apollots, where it's not super grungy, but it's got that alt feel, that hard rock feel. And this song, Breathe, has that alt rock feel, but it also has a, a melodic rock feel. And like the chorus is so huge, but at the same time, it's not huge in the sense of, say, an arena rock song. It's got a lot of, the right word is like space or airiness in the music as well. So it doesn't sound as like, you know, here's our polished, slick song built for the radio that you guys can sing in arenas forever. Even though this is the type of song you could sing in arenas for the rest of your life, it just doesn't have that feel, you know, which is what's so great about it. But it's just one of those songs that really grabbed me from the first moment I heard it. I absolutely love it. They've got a couple other tracks out that they talk about as well. Disco Kills and Strange Days, and that song is actually one that Ron Kill, I believe, when he heard, they talked about that here in the interview, he picked up on, and he's a big fan of that one. And that kind of leads into the next thing. The Crashing Wayward will be playing tomorrow at Killfest 2 in Nashville, Tennessee. So if you're anywhere near the Nashville area, this is something you uh, definitely need to check out. It's part of the Rockin' Pod Expo that has been going on for several years now. That's something that, you know, as a podcast myself, I've, Jason and I talked about doing it, and then it just, every year, it's been, there's been a conflict in what, you know, something I was doing, whether it be with being out of town for work or something. So, I personally have not been able to make make it myself out to the Rockin' Pod, you know, expo, but I've hoping one of these days I will. But the Rock and Pod's a great deal that's been going on, like I said, for a few years. They feature podcasts from all over the country. They also feature a convention style like thing, you know, where they have speakers, they have performances, they have autograph signings from different artists from the hard rock world. So very cool thing. And now Killfest. As a part of this. They'll be playing at Bowie's in Nashville. And Killfest, of course, as you can tell right there in the name, focuses on Ron Kill. And this is something he actually talked about putting together when he was on the podcast before this was before the first one. He was on here a couple years ago. And Killfest features sets by Kill, the Ron Kill Band, and Steeler. All three of, you know, Ron Kill's major acts throughout the years. And it'll have lots of different guys that have been parts of the band throughout the years, like Mark Ferrara, who's, you know, of course, from Kill. Mitch Perry was the guitarist for Steeler, and he has been on this podcast a couple times. So check him out. If you get a chance to go to this, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a great show. And then you've got The Fifth and, of course, Crashing Wayward on this bill as well. So, like I said, anywhere in this area of the country, you should definitely try to hit up Nashville tomorrow for Kiel Fest 2. And the Rockin' Pod. Rockin' Pod's an all age event. Killfest is actually a 21 plus event, I guess because of the venue they're at. So, again, Crashing Wayward tomorrow night. Ron Kill Band, Kill, Steeler, all that great stuff. Let's jump into this Crashing Wayward. Oh, one more thing I wanted to mention before we jump into this. Stacey David Blades is the guitarist for Crashing Wayward. He was also in Electric Radio Kings with Peter Summit. He's also been a part of LA Guns. I mentioned this because I wanted to, I thought about bringing it up during the interview when I did the Zoom call with, with Sean and Peter, but I decided, not, I don't know. I think I just forgot or just thought, you know, it wasn't Stacy, so it kind of wasn't relevant. But I actually have Stacy's book. Stacy put out an autobiography. I looked it up. Just to see how long ago I've been, you know, on the day I was doing that interview. And I think it was 2009, maybe. So this book's been out, you know, 14 years, if that's right. But check it out. Stacey David Blades, his autobiography. It's a cool read. Just thought I'd randomly mention that since he's a part of this band. But I'm a longtime fan of autobiographies. It's pretty much the only books I read, which is kind of weird, I guess, but it could be from, you know, mainly for me, it's music or sports, but it really doesn't matter who it is. For some reason, that's the thing that fascinates me. So it's, once that thing came out, it's one of the books I grabbed and enjoyed it. So definitely check that one out as well if you're into reading autobiographies yourself. All right, so let's jump into this now and hear what Peter Summit and Sean McKee of Crashing What would Have to Say About forthcoming music kill fest and a ton of other great stuff
0: I think we're just kind of like uh scratching the surface or you know tip of the iceberg kind of thing right now with it. So I think uh you know we released it one time before um originally what 2 years ago now, Sean, or has it yeah. been yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we got a great response then but I I think it's just one of those I don't know, bias. I think it's one of those songs that just has uh some a lot of life left. So kind of, it's like notching up. So once this album comes out, see where, you know, I think there's still some life in it to go someplace else. Maybe it's like more of a sleeper hit, you know, it's like all of a sudden, I don't know. We'll see what
1: happens. So you guys going to kind of ride that and see if it'll, if it'll keep getting a little bit bigger before you release the second single from the album or?
0: No, we have another single planned okay uh, yeah but um it, it'll be interesting to see how people respond to the album overall you know i think that there's going to be i think breathe uh will hit another kind of like third wave and um some other songs uh that are, might not even be singles i feel like are going to be strong contenders like y- you know if people come see us live it will be like my favorite song you know so i don't know i've had I a couple of couple coffees true. right now so i'm just around. i
2: think that's pretty true with any with any artist in any album you know you the band puts out a single and that one didn't work they put out yeah. the second. i mean look at guns and roses appetite for destruction welcome to the jungle which great huge hit but then sweet child of mine rocket ship you know? Yeah, it's like right. Sean with uh, Kiss, the
0: Elder album, is his favorite album of all time. <laughs> and, uh,
2: all time. <laughs> <over> anything else.
1: <laughs> I have a hard time yeah, believing that. Kiss was until <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the. Do you guys have a release date or what's the status on the album? I think yeah, we have. Uh,
2: that's yeah, that's uh, kind of up in the air right now. We're, we're looking at May, that's what we're shooting for. Um, which I think we're going to hit that, but we're trying to work out the last couple little pieces of the puzzle marketing wise to make it work. We're, we're shooting a video for the next single in what, two weeks. And yeah. uh, and then, you know, hopefully that will come out. That'll come out before the album comes out. That'll kind of be the new single, you know, the new song no one's ever heard before. Um right before the record
1: comes out I So I guess all the music's completed, right? Like this album is done. done. Finally, okay. the album is done. Are the songs like Disco Kills and Stranger Days on there as well? Or are those oh, just yeah. standalone singles from the past? Or
2: No, those three are "Breathe," Stranger Days, and Disco Kills are on it. Okay. Total of 11. I
1: said Stranger songs, Things, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So we tracked
0: 13 songs and then so 11 made it. So we have a couple that we're kind of holding in the vault for some later release, kind of
1: see what happens with those. Okay. so are these I, I mean, I assume those are a good indication of, you know, what you guys sound like as a whole, the full album. I mean, those three songs all have kind of a bit of a different style. How would you describe this album as a whole to someone?
2: I think it continues on with those three. I mean, it's there's there's a couple more breathe sound songs on there. There's definitely a couple of more in your face rockers like Disco Kills and, um, you know, Stranger Days is a little more subdued. I wouldn't necessarily call it a ballad, but I suppose somewhat that there is a real deal ballad on the album. So I, th- I think those three that are floating around right now are a very good indication of what's to come
1: so who uh who'd you guys have produced this uh mike gillies
0: mike gillies and okay. he has a long history with metallica going back about 25 years amongst other bands he's worked with uh the colt motley crew uh our lady Peace. right our lady Peace. um and he's done some recent work with Shania Twain. And so he's kind of very well versed in a lot of, you know, metal rock, but he just kind of bridges the gap with us because we are so diverse in our influences and backgrounds where we are uh, each individually. And he kind of, kind of was like the mortar to our bricks and
1: building that, you know, foundation of what this band sounds like. It's great to have someone that, you know, has that wide range of knowledge and experience, especially with you guys, since you kind of fit in between a few different areas, I think.
2: Right. Yeah, definitely. It was a lot of fun working with Mike. I'm, the, I'm the, the last person to join the band. And so I joined right when COVID started. And uh, when Stacy told me, you know, we're going to be working with Mike and this is who he is and this is what he's done. I was beyond excited and he he really hit it out of the park. You know, Ron Keel, our the owner of our label, he said the other day when we were having a meeting, he said that this album is like being in a room full of supermodels. They're all hot and you can't pick just one. <laughs> Mike, that's Mike's a big part of that. I mean, granted, we wrote the songs, but Mike really made the songs come to life.
1: Yeah. Well, that's got to be a, yeah a great compliment coming from someone like Ron Kill as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from you know the the songs I've heard the three songs you know you guys like I said it does a great job of kind of fitting somewhere between hard rock and alternative rock. How did you guys develop your sound? Was it a vision of one or two of you, or was it kind of all of you together? Or how did that come about? Um. Yeah. So I think
0: that it it was. Really going back again to everybody is kind of coming from a different, uh, you know, kind of like influence and background. I mean, we're all, we've all been in rock and rock bands for many years, but um, I know personally I have gotten to really know myself as a vocalist and frontman as well too and where i can take my voice and the melodies i hear now are much different than when i was 20 years old you know so and i think that kind of uh, relates to everybody else that's in the band we've all been around the gamut in different bands and done different things and i think everybody in this band is at a point in their life where it's like okay this is what i do and what i do really well and we're just kind of like piecing it together, you know, and if for whatever reason, it just really works and gels. Um, I know I, I come from a, a rock background, but I also love new wave and Freddie Mercury a lot. So a lot of those melodies and anthemic tones and notes is what I try to strive and achieve for. And um, the guys really kind of embrace, allowing me to experiment in that way, instead of just kind of just being, kind of like maybe something that's a little bit more obvious, I guess. Um, and I think everybody, we all push each other to bring out the best in each other. Well, how did I know you- she pushes the best out of me, you know, I know if <laughs> I turn around and see that
1: lock, look at that hair. I'm such- <laughs> hey, I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how did you guys initially form? Cause I mean, you mentioned a minute ago, Sean, about, it you know joining during the beginning of the pandemic and i kind of wondered if you guys if this band was birthed during the pandemic because i know you've only been around two or three years right pete you you and stacy have played together in the past as well
0: yeah yeah so um yeah i don't want to step on sean but uh i did i actually joined um stacy and i go back about 20 years uh our bands were in la were uh, friends you know we'd we'd hang out so we had mutual friends in the LA scene at that time um and then we lost contact for about 15 years and I had a friend who uh messaged Stacy when they lost their last singer in a band called electric Radio Kings and my friend told him that I have a guy he's perfect for you and he kind of sent him my Soundcloud. And uh, so my friend got back to me and said, I sent this out to Stacey David Blades uh, that uh, who's looking for a singer. And I sent him you. And I said, I know that guy. Tell him to give me a call. So anyway, it's like a day later. or So we we uh, had a chat and got the talk and reunited. And I said, don't bother interviewing anybody else or auditioning anybody else. I'm your guy and uh a week later i was out auditioning for uh that band and so played a couple of gigs as electric radio kings COVID hit uh and stacy was the only guy left from the original electric radio king so we just decided to let that go restart a new band um and that is how we got sean and um yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: So how'd you come into the fold? Did you know any of these guys from previous work or? Yeah, I knew
2: Stacy. I mean, we both live here in Vegas. We were the only two that lived in Vegas at the time. And so, you know, I I had known him for a few years. We had done a few things together. And, and he called me up and said, Hey, you know, um starting this new band, doing a name change, blah blah blah. And he said, I'm gonna send you a demo and we'll listen to it and call him back sent me physical kills and I was like whoa <laughs> I don't I don't know what that is but I want to be a part of it immediately <laughs> so um you know we couldn't do much right off the bat because you know everyone was home doing nothing but I had just built this house and I had you know put this little studio in it to start doing stuff so that worked out well where I could track drums and I'd bring Stacy over and with some guitar stuff and and uh, that's just it just kind of happened and then, i mean unfortunately it's taken a very long time to finish this thing we're what, two two and a half years later you know it's finally coming out so it's it's been a lot of work it's been a lot of blood sweat and tears not to be cliche but literally has been you know and and uh we're just super excited now to let
1: everybody hear it. Having something completed like that for quite a while, does the anticipation kind of kill you not being able to get it out and let everybody hear it?
2: Brutal.
1: Yeah.
2: Brutal. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I think would, uh, I, would to, I would love to upload everything right now and just say, there it is. Go listen.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I'm also glad that it's coming up now as opposed to a year ago. Right. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't think we'd be in the position we're in right now if it, did come out a year ago um but i it's funny because after two and a half years of making this album and you know kind of going through the mixing phase and i'm already ready for the second album and i think uh you know we're working towards that right now so um of course our focus and attention is on this first album but i'm i'm excited for the future as well i think everybody
1: is just kind of moving forward like you guys already have more songs written is what you're saying or just we are
0: yeah. there? Yeah, we do yeah so we'll, we're going to be playing a couple of new ones actually at our next show coming up uh which is session.
2: so funny because they're all new because no one's right. heard them right but, totally yeah we have new ones that literally <laughs> nobody's heard yeah
0: <laughs> but to us because we've been playing for two years we're like all right we should you know let's get to work on the second you know and uh, I think that's what the interesting thing about COVID and this the time it's taken to do this album is it's given us that grace period to work uh, towards a second album instead of just like, you know, album out, tour, okay, in the studio, write and record everything in a month. And then you're just like, got this contrived, you know, album that just you really weren't able to like you know sink your teeth in and make it great so i think we're kind of gifted that time right now so we got a good start
1: so the the first time you know this lineup of crashing where we got together in a rehearsal space did you feel like did it feel natural with the five of you guys together or how did it i mean the That's chemistry lovely. was everything immediate lovely.
2: i think you know like like pete said earlier you know everyone's got a kind of a different background um musically and has musically quite differently between us all. I mean, you got Pete, who is a huge Duran Duran fan, and you've got Carl, our bass player, who's way into punk. And everything in between there, you know. Dave is kind of an Aerosmithy blues guy. And then, you know, I grew up in, Stacy and I grew up, well, I, mean, I grew up in the 70s, but that's my 70s hard rock. That's where I'm at. Those guys behind me. <laughs> um, so with, being diverse like that it didn't negate what happened when we went into a studio and started you know, turning the amps up to 10 and letting it rip it felt like a really cool rock band that had a lot of different elements of you know, all the different genres that we're big fans of and how it all melded together like that I don't know but it works and it works really okay. well
0: yeah I think the common denominator between us all is rock and good rock yeah. so just bringing those all those pieces together and making one cohesive kind of original
1: sound well putting the you know two of you guys on the spot here about each other like what do you think he brings to the fold as a as a drummer that sets him apart and same thing what do you think he brings to the fold as a vocalist that sets him apart from others out there?
2: I want to hear Pete first.
1: well see how nice you want to be
0: (laughs) it's great having a drummer that's the I think what the beautiful thing is about what I've been most attracted uh to with drummers is a drummer that keeps the beat Sean is a metronome you know he's he holds it down and I think he one of his best uh characteristics as a drummer is he doesn't overplay You know like uh he he plays to the song and um it's solid I mean when I in my monitor I usually only have drum and bass kind of more up front and I just have the guitars you know doing their thing on my side and I use I'm singing to Sean and he's never let me down so and One of my favorite things is to turn around, and he's always smiling at me. Like (laughs) he's having a great (laughs) time. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's awesome. So I I think he's just a a solid, solid drummer, and I think that that is, again, that's like I don't know how else to make it more of a compliment, but that is he's just hands down a solid drummer. He's kind of like. what's his name? Eric Kretz from like STP, you know, he's just kind of got that kind of just good, solid holding down the song. And he just plays to the song.
2: And, um, yeah. Well, I come from the school of Zeppelin. I mean, that beat that, you know, is thick and that's, yeah. that's gotta be there. So, you know, I'm not a speed metal drummer. I'm not double kicking my way through songs and, you know, I love that stuff. You well, know, Sevenfold blew my mind when I heard that album for the first time. I couldn't believe that a drummer could play like that. Um, but that's not me. I, I'm gonna. I know. Mo- I know where I can exceed or excel and fail, and I could not be in Avenge Sevenfold. <laughs> 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 so, getting to Pete. I mean, he's just a great vocalist, period. His voice is amazing. Everybody that hears it is like, wow. And they've, they've likened it to Chris Cornell. And you know, and I definitely hear that from time to time. I was just listening to the album again yesterday. And there's little things that come out. And you are like, there's Chris they're right there. Well, there's STP right there. Um so his voice is just, it's flawless. Live, he nails everything. The studio, I was blown away at what he did in there. Um, I mean, and that obviously is first and foremost for a vocalist, you know, being unique, being able to deliver the goods, which he can. Um, his lyric content isn't, you know, hey, man, we went out partying by the lake tonight, you know, and there's, there's thought behind these songs. There's depth to them. And they're they're not cliche, you know, it's not anything like that. There's you know when the album comes out, lyrics are, are in the booklet. And I think everyone should read them. they they mean something. And he's a good dude. I mean, he's seven feet taller than I am. So he's a little intimidating at times, but you know, he's a super, super good guy. And and uh you know, anytime you get anything, call Pete. He's there for you.
0: Dude, thanks sean it's hard listening to <laughs> compliments without like blushing <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> well, pete you you mentioned playing to him as the drummer like i a couple years ago I had kevin martin from Candlebox on and he mentioned kind of the same way the, that he uh-huh. performs the same way but it was because he started as a drummer do you have drumming experience or is that just the way your mind works and the way you sing uh-
0: yeah I don't know I think it's it um I didn't start as a drummer I always wished I was a drummer I always wished I was Tommy Lee Tommy Lee he was
2: like
0: the coolest yeah I just <laughs> he was the coolest and then during the 90s especially that's when I really got into Motley Crue um but I don't know what it I think it's just um I think I'm attracted to just rhythmic just uh um The elements of the song like it's it's one of the first things that really stands out to me is that just solid swing good just beat and um i don't know why but that is what i am drawn to when i'm listening to the mix you know and that's actually in the studio as well too i need to hear that that kick drum and um it just kind of uh sometimes i can just come up with a melody just off of the kick drum. And so, and I've, I've worked that way with in the studio with uh, some of these songs, um, you know, I would just hone into that. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know why, but no, I'm not crazy instrument. I can strum a guitar. Okay. But um, I'm not instrumentally inclined. I've always been just pride myself on a front man and, you know, the microphone and stage presence is where I've always, but, you know, kind of like honed my craft.
1: So going back to what you mentioned, Sean, about kind of what Pete mentioned about your that foundation style drummer. Like, is it easy to play with the punk influenced bassist? Like, how does that work together?
2: You know what? <clears throat> I I don't know. It's kind of weird that, that a friend of mine here in town that i played with 15 years ago. He, told, he said something. He gave me a compliment one, one night after a show, and I was actually playing with a punk band at the House of Blues. Totally not my genre. I was totally out of my element. But I don't know. I could just pick up these different punk, country. I've done a bunch of country shows. That was a little learning curve. The punk thing was a learning curve. Um, but for some reason, I can settle into those pretty easily. I I get it quick and I can shift my brain to the different swagger that a country song needs versus a punk song versus a hard rock song. I know that what the style of a seventies drummer sounded like versus an eighties or nineties drummer. I don't know. It's just, I can't explain it. But you know, that night after that punk show, he came up to me and he's like, I don't even know what to say since i would never in a million years thought you'd be able to play punk and you just killed that show. So I don't know. I I don't I I just can pick up on I listen to the music and I get into it and I I guess I make myself that drummer and I just I can pick up on their nuances and play that way very quickly.
1: Is that kind of how you went into Crashing Wayward? Did you listen to the other guests first before you kind of put your stamp on it?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, when they started sending demos around, they had drum stuff on them already. And if that's what they were, that was the beat or close to the beat that they wanted for their song. Then you know, I tried to keep it there as much as possible, and then threw my flavor in. And then when we got actually in with Mike Gillies, then you know, he pointed out things that you know, try this, try that. Well, that was the thing with Mike is <coughs> he really. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of takes from every one of these songs, because he would just say, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it different, change that kick pattern, put an A chord there, you know, try something different. And I mean, it would be all day over and over and over, same song. Try this, try that, do this part different, do that part different. And then he married stuff together and, and it just came out that way, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I, I, yeah, it's I,
0: funny. That. I'll, I will say it's funny because Mike, he was like that muttling, you know, it's like, you're hitting a C sharp, you need to hit a, hit a D. And it's like over and over. I'm like, I don't hear, the, you know, C sharp to a D. I mean, you know, only Mike can pick that up, you know, so just... There was
2: a, I don't know. What song was it that he there was one of your one of the songs where the vocal was what you're talking about right now. It could have been a C sharp, or it could right. have been D. and he comped it both ways and sent it to me one day and said, listen to this and tell me which way, you know, do you like better? And when right. you listen to them, like, I'd put them in, you know, Pro Tools and flip back and forth between them. It was almost like the tape was stretched, you know? And you, you didn't really notice it on its own. If you play the one and then you play the second one, you wouldn't, you couldn't tell. Right. You flip them back and forth and AB them. It was like the tape was, or the vinyl was warped or something, you know, and it was really weird, but yeah. right. Mike, you didn't pick on that. You didn't pick that up when you were tracking it, and nor did anybody else, you know? No, And I,
0: I think what we also vocally too, I think we also tried to go for a uh, vibe and feel, you know, as sometimes it was just like, if it caught, that what we're trying to capture even if it's maybe just a hair off then we were good with it because the vibe and the feeling was there so but yeah i think that was death on holiday which will be a banger we think i think you'll dig that one trent
2: that might be my favorite song <laughs> yeah
1: i mean do you appreciate someone that's that meticulous whenever you're also talking about vibe and feeling there's got to be a kind of a balance in between there somewhere right between yeah. overdoing it and trying to get the natural feel
0: I I personally will, you know, until I'm like blue in the face, sing a song as uh, opposed to just relying on Pro Tools or Auto Tune. I don't want to just like, hey, close enough, I'll just tune that, you know. I want to sing it until it is right. Um, that's how I kind of pride myself personally. And I I I truly I personally appreciate working with a producer. Um, who's going to take that time and invest. I mean, Mike invested hundreds of hours in this project. And um, yeah, it took longer than we hoped for, but it f- it was worth it. You know, I think we got a great product out of it and kind of really developed us as a band.
1: You guys mentioned earlier Ron Keel, Like, what's it been like working with RFK Media?
2: Ron and I go way back. Um I met Ron in want <clears throat> to say probably 2006 or seven here in Vegas. I was playing in a cover band. He walked in and uh, he had another guy with him, and they were they had a a show in town that was a country like impersonator show. And the other guy said to Ron, "Sean needs to be the drummer in that show." Ron said, no way. He's a great rock drummer, and I'm not going to be the one responsible for screwing that up. So no way. So I I really, I didn't see or hear from either one of them then for a good year plus. And then I joined that show. <laughs> it got ruined as a rock drummer. But I did, I joined that show, and then Ron and I really became close friends. He, um, you know, was doing the country thing pretty much full time at that point. And he wanted to get back into the rock thing and resurrect Keel or something similar to it. So he created a band called K Two. I was in that. We played rock, Oklahoma and a few other things, and we just stayed very close. You know, we we are like brothers. You know, we talk on the phone, texting, phone calls constantly. You know, it's we have a really good relationship. And, you know, some people will say. Um, well, he's your friend. That's why he put you guys on his label. That is not the case. You know, I, I sent him Breathe to listen to when that got finished the first time. And, you know, he's like, hey, man, this is a good song. I'll play it on my radio show. And I think he did that once or twice, and that was the end of that. And Disco Hills" comes out. I send it to him. Hey, this is a good song. I'll play it on the radio show. Then I sent him Stranger Days. And weeks went by and i've heard nothing and i was like well that's a swing and a miss he didn't like that one he's not even responding to me on that one and then one day he called me and he said i just want you to know that i've listened to stranger days probably a dozen times back to back right now and that's probably the best song i've heard in the last 20 years and he said we need to talk i'm starting this label and i want you guys badly on it and i can help there's a lot of things i can do and i think there's a lot of things you guys can do for me too so we need to talk so we got the band together and had a meeting with him and his partners and here we are but he's he's awesome i mean that guy never shuts down he's a machine all day and night every single day he's working Planning, scheming, this, that, the next thing, all day, every day, and he rehearses four hours a day his vocals. On top of that, so how he fits all this stuff in, I'll, I'll never know. But you know, he's he's a good guy to have in our corner for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. he's a master promoter, that's for sure. I mean, you yes. see him; he's always putting stuff out there, and I appreciate that. You know, because in because in this day and age, you miss stuff. You know, if you it goes by one day, you know.
2: Yep. Yeah, Ron's a very good guy. Great friend of mine,
0: and I, I love him dearly. I do. I like, I, I like. your nickname that he gives you too, Sean. Sean McKeel.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, you guys are playing Kill Fest two here in just a couple weeks. Are you looking forward to that?
0: Yeah, i can't wait. I just got myself a new microphone, wireless setup. Um, you know, I'm super excited to bring on the road. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm ready.
2: I have new drumsticks. Come I come my own wait. equipment, baby.
0: <laughs> and and I want to let you know, I'm not one of those typical lead singers that doesn't help load in and load out. <laughs> I think Sean Correct. confessed that he I help a lot. Yeah.
2: <laughs> now you have a microphone to carry though with you. you might I might not get you help <laughs> It is a metal bass. so. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: and I mean, Nashville's
2: going to be awesome, man. I we, we're totally stoked for that.
1: Yeah. Are you going to be in town for that, or me personally? Yes. No, I'm not anywhere near Nashville. Oh, okay. Where are you <laughs> out of? I'm in Oklahoma. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a hop, skip, and a jump.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like nine, ten hours.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, the wanna... Fest revolves around that Rocket Podcast Expo too. So. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's I've like... been invited to that before, but I've always been had conflicts with because I work uh, in the live music industry, so I work at music festivals a lot. So I'm yeah. always kind of gone, you know. So it's kind of hard to do stuff like that. Yeah,
2: uh, we are on Friday. I believe we're going to the expo and doing a an signing and stuff like that. And then Saturday, or maybe we're I don't think so. And then Saturday night, then is the show. So, it'll be fun.
1: You know, kind of like we talked about earlier. Your guys sound, you know, a bit different from you know Kill and Steeler and you know the bands performing there. But you guys, you know, have a sound enough that can fit with that, like hand fit in other areas. Like, are there other bands out there in totally different styles that you guys would love to share the stage with?
0: Yeah, I think that uh, musically we have a lot, to, especially when it comes to our live show. Um, I think our music uh, crosses over, you know, and resonates with a lot of people and, and through different genres. And um, when it comes to our live show, I think we really sell it. And um, we actually just played in uh, uh, Salt Lake City uh, last month. And the response was amazing. I had this um, uh, younger guy, probably early 20s. He he was just like, he came out to want photos. His, his wife was taking photos with us, uh, his, all his friends. Night goes on, he's still kind of like, Coming back and forth, uh, you know, we're talking and you just want to say, you know, I don't even like this music. I listen to hip hop and I listen to rap, but whatever you guys did converted me. You guys are amazing. So I think that kind of like speaks volume to what we do live. Like we're not phoning it in. We're going up there and we're like, it's a cathartic release every time. It's, uh, you know, I, I I feel it's it's spiritual for me. So I want everybody to enjoy themselves, and I want everybody to feel included in a full, inclusive show. So I think that we can reach that wide audience musically
1: and especially live. Well, once the I mean, you guys played a lot, you know, like you said, Utah now, but in the Southeast a lot. Once this album's out, can we expect to see you touring throughout the US or what's the plan?
0: Absolutely. Definitely. I think, uh, yeah, we definitely want to come to Oklahoma. What's the really, uh, I played there one time with Buck Cherry years ago. It was a big, uh, kind of like long theater. It's a country western ballroom. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the the Bob Wills, the house that Bob built is basically yeah. what they
0: call it. But... Yeah, that'd that be great to come and play yeah. there.
1: Yeah. yeah. And one of the
2: that would be fun. Some oh, well, places course. that yeah. Sex Pistols <laughs>
1: played too, so.
2: <laughs> oh is it
1: yeah one of their All six right. or seven stops in america before they're touring <laughs> <laughs> that's funny.
0: that was a disaster
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> you got the album coming out like you said possibly may hopefully touring like what more can we expect you know throughout the rest of this year once this thing kicks into high gear i'm assuming more videos and
2: yeah we'll keep you know as as much as the fans want we'll keep spitting out videos and singles and you know, I to me, I, I mean, there's a good five, six songs on here that are radio ready, video, you know, quality stuff that I think we'll just keep pumping them out. You know, the, the plan. I don't think the plan is that you know we're going to release the record in May and there's another record coming out in October. Right. So there, there won't be another one this year. I'm sure of that. But. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play and we're gonna get marketing behind it and get out on the road to support it. I, you know, try to try to get on a bill with some bigger bands so we can get in front of a bigger audience than you know, just hitting clubs and trying to do it that way. I, I, you know, that's our goal is to get on somebody's tour, and go out and do do it right and do it big right from the get go. You know, we, playing playing two hundred person clubs is not what we're hoping to accomplish this year not that we have anything against that we played several of them but you know the bigger venues, getting on a tour that's our focus after the album comes out
0: yeah ron sees us as uh an arena uh act so i think that's the goal (laughs) yeah but definitely pay the dues i love i do love playing small theaters and clubs and getting personal as well so and that's I've always like the pesh mode would do that a lot. Between tours, they would do surprise gigs at small venues. And uh I would love to do both. I would love to be playing arenas and then coming down and like, hey, surprise, we're at the whiskey. Yeah. You know. Sorry, so I just it go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement. We just want
1: to play nonstop. Maybe final question for you. What's your actual favorite kiss album?
2: Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I assume it's probably not the Elder, but I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's not. I remember getting
2: that as a kid just because, you know, it's had the logo on it. I'm a Kiss fan. I have to own it. I, right. I saw that in the in the music store for the first time. I'm like, what? So I grabbed it, brought it home, and I was like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Um, Obviously, everyone's going to gravitate. If you're a big Kiss fan, you're going to gravitate to Destroyer, but I think Rock and Roll Over might have an edge over Destroyer for me. Rock and Roll Over is probably, that's probably my number one. So this might be a story for another time, but uh, I actually, in 2008, I got to go and sit in SIR Studios in Hollywood and watch Kiss rehearse for a tour one day. Spent the whole day there. And I actually got up and played Deuce with them. Oh, wow. That blew my mind. (laughs) Because if you want to point a Kiss song, Deuce is my favorite Kiss song. And so when I got up there and Paul's like, what do you want to play? I'm like, where it all started, let's do that. And they did the whole thing at the end and everything. It was was awesome.
1: (laughs) How did that come about? Was it? A friend of mine
2: was friends of theirs and in the camp, so to speak, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, they did, he got invited to come down and hang out for the day and he called me and said, you want to go with, and I'm like, yeah, of course, you know, so we went down and, uh, Eric gave me a snare drum, Eric Singer's, uh, signature series snare drum that everybody signed to me and. And yeah, it was just a cool day, man. It was. I mean, as a kid growing up, liking Kiss, I grew up in South Dakota, so there's not much going on there, you know. And little kid from South Dakota, big Kiss fan. Now I'm standing in the room with them, talking about Paul's home in Italy and Jean's kids, and and you now you want to get up and play a song. And, I mean. It was a mind-blowing day for me. And I I have a daughter who was, at the time, she would have been seven-ish. And I I remember I came home, and the next day I showed her the video of me playing with them, and she started crying. And she's like, I know how much that means to you. That is so cool. As a seven-year-old, she got it, you know? (laughs) For me, it was, I mean, mind-blowing. It was outrageous that I got to do that.
1: Well, Pete, you've mentioned... Quite a few bands throughout this do you have a specific like do you have a favorite band or is it kind of like a a mixture of several
0: uh my favorite band that is still active and playing is uh the cult oh wow okay yeah so that was like when they came out with uh love amazing like kind of like psychedelic rock you know i just love that album no pun intended with the love but um (laughs) My brother brought home electric uh, and we shared a room, me and my two brothers. And I was at the time, like I already went through my phase of early MTV, like New Wave, Duran Duran. I was just transitioning, getting into baseball. So nothing mattered to me except for baseball at that time. And my brother, his side of the room, mine's all baseball. His is like the Cure posters and, you know, Jesus and the Mary chain, uh, the Cure, the Smiths. And then he put on at night he'd always play a record and one night he put on electric and that opening riff to wildflower was just like that was the moment it was like lightning came down and just and so that's always stuck to me so um i think the cult is very influential uh and i mean i know a lot of people that love the cult but i feel that they're at the same time hugely underrated you know, so um yeah, that's my favorite active rock band right now that's still doing it. And they still put out quality,
2: you know, stuff. So I yeah, love too I I played in a cover band and we we like learned that entire electric album. We really like play like whatever what cult song do you guys want to hear tonight, you know? Yeah. And so now we, we live in Vegas and Les Warner, the drummer that's on Electric, right, lives that's, here and it's a like, has become a friend of mine and stuff and that's still a trip so like he's standing there talking to him and it's like you're the guy yeah
0: you know it's, i would that's the kind of i would i don't get like awesome, you know starstruck but i do over like you know somebody like the i actually got to meet billy uh duffy when he was uh when they were playing with guns N' roses doing the stadium so i got to meet him um and I just said, you know what? I'm just going to tell him. I was just kind of like being cool. But then I was like, I had a fan out. I said, you know what? I just want to thank you for your music, you know? And he was very cool and gracious. So that's, you know, that was an awesome moment for me. But I would do the same thing with like Les Warner or, you know, I geek out over like Crispin Glover from Back to the Future. That's the kind of people I <laughs> geek
1: out. <laughs> <Yeah>. No way. <laughs> yeah, this... uh I guess yeah this one that's john tempesta right there oh that's oh, cool. cool yeah that's not from the cult but yeah still that right. you know that album they put out last year was fucking great like it kind of harkened back to the 80s but still sounded heavier you know right yeah
0: yeah absolutely well we got to get you a crashing wayward on that wall yeah We got. yeah
1: yeah man. Yeah. John. yeah shoot me that's one the, over that,
2: the last <laughs> line guys on there yeah Bill and Andrew are, live here in town. I've become friends with them. They're cool dudes.
0: Yeah, they're playing the April first, uh, the night after us on the Strip. Where are they at? Hard Rock. They're at the Hard Rock, right? We're at Brooklyn Bowl, so might have to go check those guys out.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time with me today. This is, uh, I mean, the three songs I've heard are fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to hearing the rest of this stuff and thank you yeah.
2: we will get it to you ASAP
1: yeah <laughs> right on
0: yeah can't wait to uh, you know hear your thoughts on the album as a whole so excited for everybody to hear it
1: right on appreciate it cool yeah
2: Brent, you're awesome brother thank you so much
1: all right you guys too thank you thanks Trent where, all right, where
2: in you- Oklahoma are you
1: uh, right near Tulsa oh
2: okay yeah. yeah I played Rocklahoma last year we stayed at the Hard Rock in Tulsa there
1: oh you played last year yeah really what
2: with count 77
1: oh okay yeah yeah I was working so I didn't get to see it but oh you were there I met I met Danny later that night and he yeah. was a pretty talkative guy <laughs> yeah, he's okay. a good dude. there you go Peter and Sean of Crashing Wayward a huge thank you to Jody Best of Best Bet Promotions for her continued support of this podcast love Jody for all her help throughout the years And, of course, a massive thank you to Sean and Peter for taking some time out there to talk to me about everything that's going on in the world of Crashing Wayward. If you're new to the band, be sure and check them out. Follow them on all the socials so you don't miss all this great upcoming stuff, like the the album they're working on and everything. You don't want to miss it. Crashing Wayward. All right, if this is your first time listening, it's greatly appreciated. You can check out 371 prior episodes to this. You can listen directly from the website. It's thethunderunderground.com. All the socials are on there. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So follow, like, subscribe, wherever. Wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Follow, like, subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can listen to SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, Mixcloud. Most anywhere podcasts are heard. Just Google Thunder Underground and click the first podcast you see. I think the Ozzy song was probably going to be listed first, but when you get to Thunder Underground, you can click on it that way. But speaking of future episodes, we've got one coming up very soon with Greg Upchurch, the drummer for Three Doors Down. He is also the original drummer of Puddle of Mud, and he was Chris Cornell's drummer as well. Had a great conversation with him. They'll be getting out soon. And also... One coming up with Terry Ilou, the vocalist for the band X Y Z. He was also the vocalist of Great White for about a decade recently. That one will be coming up very soon as well. Have a couple others in the works. But like I said, 371 prior to this one that you could check out. I've had on four rock and roll Hall of Famers in Gene Simmons of Kiss. Glenn Hughes of Deep Purple and Now the Dead Daisies and tons of other great projects throughout the years. Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses. And Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard and Dio. Of course, all those Rock and Roll Hall of Famers we've also had on guys like Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister. Jeff Tate of Queensryche, original vocalist of Queensryche. David Olfson, the original bass player from Megadeth. James Lomenzo, the current bass player from Megadeth. Bruce Kulik, originally of KISS. Members of Testament, Death Angel, Superjoint, Down, Typo Negative, Helmet, Prong, stuff from 90s rock acts like Candlebox, Local H. I said 90s and and Conformity. A couple guys have been on here. We've also had on members of King's X, Saliva, Trapped, Sons of Texas. Also, lots of great 80s rock bands like Tesla, Great White, L.A. Guns, Junkyard Kicks, Warrant, Slaughter. The list is great and long, like I said. dot Underground.com Surely you're going to find someone you like throughout there. You can check it out. I'd greatly appreciate it. Anytime you see a post on social media, like it, share it, or comment on it. That's an easy, free way to help out. Also, I have a lot of merch you can check out, so... If you're out and about, hit me up or shoot me a message at any time. NathanUnderground at gmail.com or you can obviously message DM on all the socials as well. All right. Once again, a huge thank you to Best Bad Promotions and the guys in Crashing Wayward, as well as Sunset Tattoo, Med Farm, and DEB Concerts. And until next time.
0: Doing great, Sean. Thank you.
1: No hat, Pete.
0: Now, should I go get one?
2: You know, I, I was prepared. Watch this. Yeah. I was prepared for Pete to wear a hat today. Oh, were you? Um, yeah. Yeah, look. I'm sorry to disappoint. Yeah, I, I was going <laughs> to jump in, too. I was oh, going to go. think, think <laughs> yeah. which one
0: I was going to wear. I like the beret. <laughs> oh, that's cute.
1: Yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> so is it a hat more often than not?
0: Yeah. Uh, usually, like, if we do morning, you know, uh, interviews and such, I I just grab the hat. It's, I'm not ready.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's why I like this. I don't have to. Yeah, all I got to do is make sure this is, looks normal, I guess. And... Perfect.
0: <laughs> Thunder underground, y'all.